You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is Tanya Pinkins. Welcome back for part two of my conversation with writer of slave play Jeremy O'Harris and his leading lady, Jakina Calacango. Now let's dive in for more conversation. I'm going to ask you this. We've had this conversation before, but nobody who's heard this has. What was the genesis for the writing of Slave Play? Oh, my God. I literally just told Ari Shapiro I never want to answer this question again. Oh, well, but you got to answer it again because you have to say it again for me. (laughs) Now it's all over everywhere. Everyone knows. But I was at a party. But I think, you know, again, I should say this as well. I think that, like, me saying that was at a party, like, makes it seem like it was just, like, all a flash of lightning. But it's, like, literally for mu- for years, I'd been living in L.A., wanting to write, telling people I was, I was a writer. It's been so great also to be at all these parties recently, these Fashion Week parties with all my friends who were, like, who were already on their way to being famous and successful, who would, all, who would be like, oh, yeah, you're a playwright in L.A. Like, good luck, sis. <laughs> and like, I was like, no, I am, I promise. But I had all these, like, ideas and these stories that were, like, you know, like screaming to come out and I was also in the most segregated city in the country like people don't think about Los Angeles is segregated but it's like deeply segregated as is Chicago and New York yes mm-hmm. and but and I specifically moved to like because also when you come to LA you're like what is LA you know it's so like the only black parts of LA you know were in like Boys in the Hood and you're like well, mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to move there that looks scary <laughs> and then like and then like you know and then otherwise it's like the beach you know so I immediately moved to Santa Monica and I lived on the beach with all these like beachhead like blonde like white kids and I was the other body there and so I think I started thinking about my body what my body meant as a body from the south mm. what my body meant as a body who like wanted to have sex and was like having sex with a lot of people but most of those people were white um and what it meant that like I wasn't seeing myself um, in the like bodies I was laying with and I wasn't seeing my histories in the bodies I was laying with and I wasn't seeing my history affirmed by any of the people around me because especially in California there's this idea that uh, that slavery was so far away that like anything I felt as racism was so light it wasn't it didn't actually have the punch of something as crazy as like you know um that segregation had on people. And I'm like, no, 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 no. When your mom touched my hair without my permission, it did make me have some epigenetic fit. And that's why I yelled at her. I'm sorry. I don't know what trauma that unlocked, but like I've literally seen plantations. And so it feels like you guys have all collected me. You're a little black. Like, you know, the one you chose and the way you talk to me is like the one you chose. And it's just that thing. Yeah, Totally. We are anointed. We're the anointed ones. We may know some more talented ones, but they didn't get picked. Yes. (laughs) And so I started to be like, I started to have this real thing and be like, fuck all of this. This is all psychotic. And then I started, I started uh, in my spirit, I started knowing that I wanted to write something about my body and what my body meant in relationship to these bodies. And at that party, this person was saying this thing, this person was saying that thing. And after years of Tumblr and like, like, call me daddy, call me this, call me, you know, all of a sudden I was like, this guy's telling the story. There's a person I know who like is very fiercely proud of his like identity as like a good guy. I was like, would you be telling the story if the woman was black? And would you want to do it. And the she, story was that he was talking about a BDSM relationship yes. he was in. Yeah, where he was having rough rough sex with a girl that was like sort of like rape fantasy sex. And he was like, I don't know, it's the weirdest thing. Like, I'm into it. And I was like, I'm not kink shaming you. Like, be into it. But would you be as into it if she asked you to call, call her a nigger when it happened? And he was like, what? 
And I was like, would you be as into it if she asked you to call call her a nigger as it happened and she was black? He was like, oh, that would be so, like, what? No, I don't use that word. Why would I say that word? I'm like, well, because it's part of her fantasy. Like, right. what if it was part of her fantasy? And he was like, no. He's like, he's like, would you? And I was like, no. I was like, I, and I was like, you know why? Because I've been asked multiple times on Grindr. And that's not my kink. Like, my kink <laughs> is, like, not that kink. Like, I actually think I can understand why I would maybe be excited by someone saying it for 45 seconds. I'd be like, hey, call me a nigger. And this is as a test. And then the minute they said it, I would be like, whoa. Like, it's over. <laughs> right. It's like, so this is, a, this is a lesson to anyone out there. If I ever tell you to call me a nigger, I'm, it's a test. And you will fail. <laughs> Um, well, I asked you that about the, the line in the play because I felt like nigger was the correct word for, for her fantasy, not negress. I felt negress was a kind of calming of kind of a, negress is a pretty word. Like nigger, we was all niggers. So I asked you that. I said, why isn't she just calling, want to be called a nigger? I mean, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit, but I also think that now that line in the thing sort of affirms something, the line about like, you know, the movies and the thing, like, you know, like in sort of the mythology of this this uh, world they're in, I do think that there is something where like one of the major words in the vocab sheet was negress. You know what I mean? And I think that that's why, because like even like Alana says it, like it's mm-hmm. like the negress is like an obsession inside of the play. Got it. Okay, so the negress, their obsession. So the Alana's obsessed with the negresses and the, probably the attention her <laughs> husband gives to the negresses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, and I think it was one of their little vocab words and they were studying to get ready for the... For the thing, I think she attached something to to that because like the character is a writer, you know. Yeah. Oh, Kanisha's a writer. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up. I said this play is white supremacy one hundred and one X rated. I love that title. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to me, that it is exactly the dynamics of what any supremacy looks like. It's someone who isn't a good dom or a good sub. They don't know how to switch off with a mutuality, they want to choose which they're going to be and you don't have any agency at all. You just must be whatever they want to be depending on what they've decided they want to be today. And to me, the play really shows that. And I've heard lots of people say, oh, I wish they didn't have the second act. And I'm like, the second act is why the play exists. If there was only act one, I wouldn't have cared. (laughs) But the second act, like all of that psychology, that's all real stuff. He didn't like invent some psychological (laughs) theories. It's real. Well, I mean, I want to go back. I want to say two things, but one of the things I want to say is that um, one of my teachers literally was like that, like, you know, and I know that word and that word doesn't mean that. And that word doesn't mean that none of this makes sense. And like, it was like really like the big <laughs> the, like pop off on the note section. And I was like, uh, okay, well it's sci-fi. So like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the, Cause the play is vaguely sci-fi, right? Like it's like a little Westworldy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, just like, it's like just, just outside of where we are. Mm-hmm. This exists. Um, and I was, I was like, so I'm not going to really like, I was like, these words change definition all the time. Robert O'Hara is literally married to a psychologist. And he was like, <laughs> oh, everything makes sense. The only thing I have a problem with is they're saying alexithymia wrong. Because before we were saying alexithymia. And they're like, no, it's Alexa. He was like, it's alexithymia. But he's like, this all basically kind of checks out. He's like, Jeremy, he's like, did Jeremy study psychology? I was like, no, I've just been crazy my whole life. Oh, no, like, I, but I, I've been in therapy since I was like 12, um, which is insane. But also, the other thing I was going to say, because I, I didn't finish the Morgan Parker thing, yeah. you saying that it's like white supremacy 101, um, X rated, it affirms something that she says, which is essentially that, like, don't, like, don't. Don't act surprised. So, so the note that her her piece is called "A Note on Your Discomfort," and um, she says this might hurt. This could prod open regrets and secrets, and what you find could be shock. 
but there's nothing in slave play that part of you doesn't already know. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on into this beautiful, beautiful, like, essay about, like, why the play worked for her and what her experience going to see the play was. And it's it's so special. Mm -hmm. And, like, now, to that to the woman who wrote the, the piece of criticism being like, I didn't see a black woman with any sort of, like, stake inside of this world. Like, like Morgan, Morgan Parker is a major figure in the black literary community. Mm -hmm. I am not yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a figure in the... I don't know. You, you got two... I already had two plays <laughs> off Broadway. You got a play on Broadway. You got it. two more plays coming off Broadway. I don't know. I think that makes major. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but, I mean, I think we'll that, like... Out. But I'm in the literary... And a movie coming out? What's the movie? Uh, I have a movie called Zola that's coming out with A24. Okay. And what's it about? It's about a stripper who goes from... Like, she works at Hooters, and this white woman meets her at Hooters. It was a Twitter story. It, like, went viral. But it's like, she... This, um, this woman was at Hooters. She used to be a stripper, but she's, like, trying to be, like, a Hooters girl, so she doesn't, you know, she's trying to give up the stripping life she's this white girl and the white girl's like oh my god like girl you're amazing and they become best friends overnight and then the white girl's like come to florida with me like i'm gonna go stripping it'll be fun like we can do that and zola's like uh you know what i miss stripping i'm gonna do it i'll make some money for my wedding and then she goes down there and then this white girl tries to trick her into sex slavery who's <laughs> playing the parts um riley keogh is playing the white girl and taylor page is playing the the lovely and talented zola wow yeah yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of major. Mm -hmm. that's no, but I mean, I think that like in the like the black literary community is still skeptical of me. Like, I was Did, like are you like looking for the black literary community to give you some props? Um, I think that I would rather not be like outside of like the. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know that I want to be like the like the favorite of the whites. You know what I mean? And like, so I'm like, I think that like there are a lot of people in the black community that I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't want you to be skeptical of me. What about like Hilton Alls? What's his? I love statement? Hilton. Is he? What does he of you? I have no idea. I'm so nervous. He I hasn't think, written anything yet. No, not yet. But I feel. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so nervous. Honestly, I am. Why don't I you love just call it. him up and say Hilton? <laughs> Hilton wouldn't let me take his class at, at um. Hilton wouldn't let me take his class at uh, Yale. Why? Because he said he could write about me, so he can't. Ah, uh, so he didn't want the um, yeah. The but I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I think that he. I know that he. I think he likes Daddy. I don't know that he likes Slave Play because his review of White Noise. I felt like I. I read. I read every Hilton Alves reviews that he's ever written in the New Yorker because he's wow. my favorite critic. Wow. Yeah. Um. Like even when people are mad at him, I'm like, y'all, get over it, sis. Like he's like an auntie. Like let Hilton be Hilton. Like. I'm sorry, like, the man who wrote White Girls is not, like, a rampant misogynist. He has, like, the same blind spots that any person has, like, male or female, I think, sometimes. And I think the language he uses is from a language of, like, a different decade. So, like, I don't know. I, I have a lot more space for him than okay. a lot of other people do. Um, and, and, like, in his White Noise review, which people thought was too harsh on uh, that play... I definitely think that he was talking a bit about, like, maybe me and maybe Jackie without wanting to throw us under the bus. I think he likes us. Mm. Um, and we're young. And he's just, and he he's a good old-fashioned critic where he's like, if I like you and you're young, I'm not going to trash you. Mm. He's like, but it's like, Susan's in a different space, so I can talk my talk about Susan, you know? But, like, he has this line basically where he's like, I, I'm wondering why... Um, this academic thing and like identity thing is like becoming the obsession of young black playwrights. Like it's everywhere now, and yeah. that's the second act of slave play, right? You know what I mean? Like that's oh, you know. I didn't feel that way. I mean, I don't either. Yeah. But I think that I, I could see that being a thing. And then also, um, he taught he taught 
um, so my my roommate was his TA at Yale. Okay, I'm in his James Baldwin class, and like he had this whole thing where he talked about he's like he's like when are he's like when are young black writers going to start writing about love again? Like, mm. and he has this obsession with love, love, <laughs> love. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there is any like interest in love in my play, or if I'm too young for love, or if love is like something that I think is inherent and not something I think is like. It, for me, I felt like the love was apparent in the play. Like, w- like no one would do what these characters did if they didn't feel right. like they loved like, their partner. Right, like to me, that's kind of the point of the play is but again, that these I'm people like, love these people enough that they didn't just go, look, I've lost sexual interest <laughs> in you. I'm moving on. Yeah. I can find somebody else. I mean, for yeah. me, it's there. I, I guess for me, I feel like what I'm seeing in the young black playwrights is this, please, please accept me, love me, give me some space. And it makes me think of Baldwin saying, if I keep, if I wrote about how the white man was oppressing me, he would be like, good, it's working. <laughs> so, I'm like tired of all these, give me space. I need my space. Look how hard it is for me. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. <laughs> what are you tired of as like an actress? Like what, what, what? Like it's because you do a lot of film stuff too, so I feel like you're probably in the running for a lot of things right now that are making you feel crazy. Or is it you can't say it? You're asking Jackie. Yes. What am I tired of? Huh. Go ahead. I I I don't even know where to begin. Um. I'm tired of um that. I feel like I'm at the top of my game. I have more power, talent, experience than ever, and um, I'm just brought in like a prop now. Mm. You know, I, I probably work more than I've ever worked, and I'm so grateful for that, but I'm really just brought in to be the heavy energy, the the spine, the backbone, but not do much of anything. So, But not in your new show. <laughs> um, how to make love to a black woman? Yeah, which you're in with Amanda Jahava. With Amanda Jahava, who also went to Yale, which is cool. That's... Who I wrote Slave Play for. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Well, I mean, Did she I was know al- that? Yeah, I was already writing it, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna tailor this so that my girl will get to play the lead because she had a hard time at Yale too. Yeah, yeah. but they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They they would never have let her play it. What do you mean? How do they not let her? How could she not get cast? You don't have say on casting of your own play? Mm -hmm. No. And they gave it to a girl who's amazing. Antoinette Crow Legacy, who's amazing. And like totally illuminated like a a version of the character that I didn't know was the character at first. Right. But in a sense, I had a very like young, like ingenue version of this character (laughs) in my head that I thought could be really funny. It's like, what if like Lupita did this play instead mm-hmm. of 12 Years a Slave was sort of my idea. And like, um, and so... Can we talk I, about 12 Years a Slave? Oh, see, see, she's rolling her eyes and not speaking. <laughs> I'm not... I'm, I I'm, actually, I think I'll have a contrarian opinion on 12 Years okay, a Slave. Okay, go ahead. You have your contrarian opinion. I don't find the man was heroic in any way. Yeah, I mean... I he was not heroic, so why do we have a movie about someone who just like abandoned all these poor <laughs> black people and went on about his life? So for me, I was not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that for me? It's less about the story of the movie and more so about like that film's intervention in the sort of like land. Because like, okay, listen, I think people overestimate how many slave narrative films there are in like the landscape of like the Canada film. Like, there's like a lot, but there's not like a huge amount. Like, there's like, do we need a lot? No, like, no, no, I'm not saying we need a lot. I think people talk about it. I mean, I think that, like, because the thing that annoys me is people being like, where is black joy? Every time I turn around, it's black slavery and black trauma and black sense. I'm like, 
Really, it's not like in, like in my, it's actually like a lot of black comedy, a lot of black yeah, comedy, a lot of. Black, I was like, actually, there's not a lot of space for us to like dissect our psyche. So like, mm-hmm. like that's what I'm interested in. Like, it's like where's like the black Ingmar Bergman? Like, tell me that you don't want like black black sadness or black trauma when we have a black Ingmar Bergman, but mm. we like don't yet. Mm. Um, Are you gonna be the black Ingmar Bergman? I don't know. I like I need to be the black Jeremy first. Okay. <laughs> I, love that. I gotta go with that. Jeremy O'Harris first and figure out what I'm gonna write next before I kill myself. For, no, God, that, that, that's yeah, so let's dark. Take that back. Trigger we warning. That. Trigger warning. <laughs> um, no. Um, and how old are you? I just turned thirty. Good. So you can't be in the twenty-seven club. Yes, yes, yes. Good. <laughs> I got hit by a car when I was twenty-seven. Ooh. But anyway, but no, but I like, but yeah, like I think a lot about how there's not that many of those movies. And what was really interesting about what he did, he's like, okay, listen. I felt like he was twelve years of slave was him being like, listen, let me make the end all be all slave movie on an aesthetic level, mm. on a level of cinema. Mm. Being like, he's like, he's like, all these white. People have told our stories in all these different ways. We got the the um, the the De Laurentiis and his Mandingo. We got like you know whoever directed Roots. We have Spielberg and um, and uh, Color Purple. No, not Color Purple. The other one, uh, the Boat. Um, oh, uh, uh, I know the Boat. I see the Boat. At eight, eight. Yes, eight. Which you know why he wrote that movie? No. Oh my God, you don't know the story? Mm-mm. I just found out the story too, and it's like crazy. But apparently there was like a very public, do you know the story? I don't know. Um, there was a very public like um, thing that happened where Spielberg, where a group of inner city black kids got invited to see uh, Schindler's List. And they were just like, lol, like during the movie. Like they were just like being teenagers and mm-hmm. not really like vibing with this like slow movie. And all these people were like, this is offensive. Like how could these kids act like this during this movie? It's Schindler's List. It's anti-Semitic. And then Spielberg was like, whoa, 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 calm down. And they like, went and hung out with these kids. And he was like, yo, like what's going on? Like, you know, like let's talk. Like I get it. You were kids. Like it's totally chill. And then the kids were like, one of the kids was like, I think I just am so frustrated because I've never seen – my my story be told with like that much seriousness. Mm. He was like, would you tell a story about us where we can be heroes and like also like tell our history? Mm. And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. And so he did. Yeah. And he also has black kids. So he was like, I'm going to wow. just do that. But yeah, that's cool. Um, it's also why the black girl was in um, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, because okay. he wanted he wanted his daughter to have like someone to look up to, and also for his family, we represented it because Jeff Goldblum has like a black daughter, and like they don't explain it; it's just like his black daughter. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, I have always said that there's not enough there 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 weren't enough like movies on an aesthetic level that said like th- like this is a cinematic treatment of this time, this is an artist treatment of this time, and now I'm done. I'll give you that. That I'll scene that. in the lynching tree is like actually stunning. I wanted him to say, you going to kill all your property? Get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kill all your property because I'm not going to beat up. Okay? <laughs> so kill, kill, be poor. That was what I needed to have happen in yes. that scene. Okay? Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh. So, I, I mean, at some point I want to rival, you know, Howard Stern with this, you can't say that. So will you come back and ride my Sibian? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> but, Do you know I mean, what that is? I love that Jakina got to. I love that Jakina got to get out of telling us what she was tired of. Oh God! Oh, she didn't get to talk about the icky. The icky? Yeah, you talked about the icky of last night and not oh. going to the party last night oh. yes. because of the icky. Yes. What was the yes. icky? Um. Um. <laughs> so the first night, I think there was just like like you said that great joy and that energy that happened, and then the second night. It was way more silent. Um, and I started 
for me, I'm not going to change a performance. I'm going to, I'm going to go there in terms of like the images that make you feel uncomfortable when you see a slave, I'm going to dig into them. I'm going to play them and you're going to see them. And when people started to see it, I literally heard people gasp. I heard them go, oh no, that thing of like, oh, how could she go there? Mm. Right. And uh, by the time we got to maybe, I think the second act, I literally felt like, what the fuck did I just do? Mm. Am I hurting people? I'm hurt right now. I'm feeling all the things right now, right? Mm. And I couldn't shake it. And I'm like, nope, you know what? This is in the play. This Mm. is exactly what this is. You can't act like you would feel comfortable Mm. in this situation. It's going to feel that way. Mm. And I had to embrace it fully and Mm. say, well, how the hell does she get through it with that in mind, too? Because she feels that as the Mm. character. Um, And... Yeah, and it, it's this play is interesting. I was saying because we just started, I haven't had the chance to fully figure out how to completely release mm-hmm. once you stop. You know right. what I mean? A show that's something I'm I'm on this journey figuring out as we go along. But uh, that's a thing for me is figuring out how to not take whatever happens at the end of the play and whatever I feel from that moment and bring that into my life because I'm going home to a two year old. You know what I mean? Who's like, "Mommy, are you happy?" <laughs> Because I'm happy. And you're like, shit, I got to get happy now. Yeah, I'm happy too. So you don't bring that to them. Is the end of the play yeah. substantially different than it was at a New York Theater Workshop? Mm, you didn't see it there. I didn't see it. <clears throat> to me, it's not. Okay. Yeah. And in, in some ways, yeah, in some ways, I think that like we've uh, been able to get, um, by being more specific in other ways in the play, we've gotten, we've been able to make that, that scene ex- feel even more than it felt in that last time. I think like it feels more like macro in a sense. It feels like the cinematic version. Of Is it more it. violent? I think a little bit more. Oh, good. You still I don't get your I, blood. I don't get the blood. I mean, I thought it wasn't <laughs> violent enough. I felt that it needed to go way, way further. Yeah. So what else do we have to expect from you this year? Um, me? Yeah. I'm doing a secret play. A secret play. <laughs> well, we want to know what the secret play is. Well, I mean, I think by the time this, this podcast comes out, it still won't be announced yet. But um, I'm going to do, like, a secret drop of a play. That you're in? That I'm in. A secret drop of a play. Where will it be? I can't tell will you. Will we have to get DMs to find out about it? Am I, Maybe. like, do you DM me? Do you follow me on Instagram so I can get a DM? I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> okay, so I will I get a DM? I have to look for the DM? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and what else? Don't you have another couple plays in New York this fall? Yeah, I have. So I have that secret play in the fall, and then Daddy's Going to London, which Daryl Ross says it all the time on online. So I feel like I can say it now. And by... Opening, it should be announced, but it's going to London. It's going to be the Almeida, which is okay. really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then uh, I come back from the so before the Almeida, I have Sundance with with uh, with Zola. Hopefully, if we get into Sundance, um, <clears throat> and then um, we I come back the after the Almeida, and I do my play. Um, I do my play. What uh, a boys' company presents, which is like this queer ballet that I've sort of written and it's going to be really fun. Who's choreographing? Jack Ferber, who I love. Um, So Jack Ferber and Dustin Wills is directing and there's going to be like 12 year olds in it. Which is really insane. And it's a Jacobean revenge tragedy about me and my ex-boyfriend. Whoa! (laughs) Yes! So so that's coming out. And then then I have a uh, I want to take a year off, kind of. But I sold two TV shows to HBO. So I have to do work on those. And, what and are the I, TV and the shows two about? movies. Two TV shows and two movies? Yeah. What are those about? 
the movie, one of the movies is called Coming of Age, and it's about me and my best friend's friendship from mm-hmm. age 12 to age 21, mm-hmm. and how we, like, we're basic, we were basically in love, um, and we became in love through, like, um, through politics and, like, our mutual love of politics, but in college, we had this moment of splitting apart where, like, one of us became, because he was actually studying politics and I was studying art, and one of us, I became, like, really like sort of like a socialist and he became like a centrist and it's like it was like the schism of our friendship that happened in and around Zuccotti Park so I'm working on that movie and I'm trying to make it funny Mm -hmm. um and then uh I have another movie that I'm working on called uh Utopia or like whatever and that's a party oh actually I have three movies fuck um and that's a movie about like a big uh, party, a queer party in queer spaces. And then I have an adaptation of um, Pygmalion called PYG. I have a really <laughs> awkward question to ask. <sighs> it's awkward. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen Dave Chappelle's show. Okay. Oh, I haven't either. But I've heard that it's really controversial and he you know, pushes a lot of buttons. And um, what? Do, how do you identify? As queer. Okay. Yeah. And tell me, can you de- define for me queer from trans, from gay, from lesbian, from well, gay, think, from I? What is all that? <laughs> well, I think so, like, so the LGBT. So I think that, like mainly the reason I don't identify as gay is because it's just boring. You know what I mean? And it's like very like closed. I think there's like a very like specific like group of people who like you think of when you think of gay whereas with queer it can be like a lot of different things and a lot of different performances and like it, it allows me to have malleability if like one day like you see me walking down the street with Jakina and it's like well we're together now like it's like it's like it's not weird because I'm queer you know what I mean it's like I don't have to say like w- what the thing is like if I was a gay man you would be like what are you doing mm. you know so it's like it's a more closed off thing and like you know there are trans people who are queer they're in a queer okay like so both. trans and queer can go together okay yeah yeah yeah. it's all can go together you know okay. so it's like you know even gay so like some people who are just like men who sleep with men primarily are queer or okay. identify as queer so like queer is like the catch-all and sort of academic identity of and a political identity for those who like see the like a boundlessness in the lgbtq space of expression in like how families can be formed how relationships can be formed you know like i think there are people who might identify as queer because they have like more than one partner at the same time you know what i mean i mean i think then i think everybody would want to be queer if they get boundlessness of identity (laughs) if i feel like male is not enough identity for me female is not enough identity for me i want a boundless identity but people don't some people like to have boundaries you know what i mean well that's true i'm not one of them (laughs) jackie so all of the inner energy of this is going to come to you. You are the focus of this play. You are the the heroine. You have the pivotal monologue. You have the biggest... Well, actually, everybody has an arc. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has an arc. But you start the play. You end the play. She also has the most lines. Oh. Yeah. You're number one on the call sheet. <laughs> uh, how are you going to take care of yourself? Man. Um... Spa treatments. Um, uh, I talk to a lot of my black actresses friends, and they're going to come over a lot of the time on Sundays for, like, brunch and teas and just, like, to debrief and, and love on me and pray for me. Mm-hmm. Going to church mm-hmm. and getting, getting the word in. Um, but also, I'm just going to – <laughs> my thing now, and this might seem a little weird, but, like, while we were in rehearsal, I would – 
literally leave rehearsal, go home, and then watch like Mind Hunters mm-hmm. on Netflix, which is about serial killers. Mm-hmm. And zone out and go to sleep mm-hmm. and be perfectly fine or watch King of the Hill. You know what I mean? Like just something to kind of debrief. But other than that, I'm just going to be kind to myself. I'm going to be uh, open to everything that's around. I'm very excited about the conversations that are going to happen. And I personally, I'm not going to do this type of play and not want to be a part of the conversation. Yes. I want to, this is why I'm a part of it. This is why you do theater. I love talkbacks personally. That thing always excites me to be able to talk to people who have seen your show. And so I'm really excited to to start talking to people when they come and see this and, and what it brings up for them. I'm not at all a therapist. I'm working out some shit too, but we can talk and see what's going on and everything that comes up for you once you see it is valid because it's your own experience but i think it's um i think it's really exciting i'm, I'm excited it is excited yeah. and it's something that lets you like use all of your powers and talents right <laughs> okay let's just talk real about this because this goes back to your question i am so bored with uh, at least for a while i was really bored with the type of roles that i was being offered um and even like this this i mean I can kind of say this, like going to auditions, like, do you want to audition for Hello Dolly? Do you want to audition for Zero Dolly Virgin? No, I don't. <laughs> Even if it's the audition, no, the hell I don't, because it's boring. And I read Jeremy's way, and I was like, this is not boring. This is holy fuck. I was like, this is a woman who is a black woman speaking for 11 pages. What the hell? I've never seen that shit. And I was like, how the fuck do you do that as an artist? And this is like actor's dream. You know what I mean? What you're, you're literally like, this is what you go to school for to figure out how to do that shit. This is when your training comes in. And you're like, how the fuck do I serve this Mm. and um it's just exciting so i want to do things and specifically my father passed in um may and so as an artist no thank you and um and we had long great talks because i went home and, and um was with my father for the last year and a half while he was going through his stuff and we had great conversations my father was such an artist in his own right and he taught me to just be fearless and i for me personally i want to do things that literally terrify me, that I'm going to grow from, that I'm going to learn from, that other people around me will grow from and learn from. And um, that's the type of work that I'm interested in. I'm not interested in Disney movies. I'm not interested um, in being a Disney princess. Mm. Honestly, you know what I mean? I want to be that messy ass (laughs) woman out here on the street because we exist. And I'm tired of... Honestly, I'm just tired of, as a black woman, being put in the box. I feel like a lot of it was was saying that we had to, this is going to sound really bad, but like be like these really put together, magical creatures that just didn't have any complicated feelings. We always had our life together. We were always either very strong or very wise, but none of us were very fucked up. And a lot of the people I know and I walk around and see around here are really fucked up Mm -hmm. and messy Mm -hmm. and are still working and are in the process of figuring out who they are. And I'm interested in those characters because they deserve to be told on national stages like this. And it's beautiful to see. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Finally did it. Oh my God. Okay. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That with Tanya Pinkins, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was produced by Dory Berenstein, edited by Alan Seals, with music by Anthony Norman. You can find more information and other great Broadway-related podcasts via broadwaypodcastnetwork.com slash you can't say that.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.